Hello, and welcome to another episode of No Plans to Merge. I'm your host, Caleb Borzio. I'm your other host, Daniel Colburn. Thank you for being here, Daniel. Uh, it's a pleasure to have answered the call, Caleb. And today's episode is brought to you by... Um, this is longtime sponsor. Happy to have him back. Uh, Guyaki Organic Yerba Mate in like mm-hmm. mint flavor. Thank you, Guyaki Organic Yerba Mate. Um, for sponsoring the show and calming Daniel down. Yeah, and taking off the edge on that little caffeine headache I was developing. We're really appreciative of that uh, Yerba Mate. Mm. So uh, do we have a coupon for the listener? Did they give Boy, us a coupon and give away? Honestly, I would, I would pay... Well, the goal here is to actually not pay, but I would be really happy if I could find a way to uh, get like a case of Yerba Mate for just yeah. a discounted rate, like not even a coupon, just like bulk purchasing. Right. Um, but that doesn't seem to be a thing. I, I went to the store the other day and I found a case of it and I took it to the register. And it was just the normal price was, times the case. Yeah, exactly. I was like, well, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, right. But, but you anyway, feel cool I... that you got like, it's like getting like a box of candy bars and it costs like exactly the amount of all the candy bars inside. Yeah. But you still feel like a, like a wholesaler dude. Yeah, exactly, because you got a case. Because you got a case. Yeah, and like, what are you going to do? You, you're already the guy who brought a case of Yerba Mate to the register. You're not going to be like, actually, I'll, I'll just have three of them. <laughs> yeah, I know. My so, dad owned a deli, and he had like a candy shelf, you know? And mm-hmm. so we would go to this like hole-in-the-wall place that you would not think is a candy rep, but they are. And you buy like bulk, you know, boxes of candy. And they're a lot cheaper. But like mm. this is accessible to anyone. This you is just not just in. exclusive to like restaurant owners. You can just walk in and buy like it's just it's security through obscurity. It really is. Honestly, like you'd never ever think to go in there. You wouldn't even want to go in there. But you go in there and you get the goods. So I'll have to keep that in mind for next Halloween. You say your dad owned a deli? Alan's downtown deli. I didn't know I your still dad have owned my a t-shirt because I ran the register when I was a wee lad. I didn't know this about you. points. Yeah. I didn't know you were a bodega boy. Yeah. Basically, it was like right in the middle of Buffalo. Um, uh-huh. And in the whatever, if you go to Buffalo, there's one tall building. The mm-hmm. rest are like kind of tall, not, but there's one tall one. Mm-hmm. And it was attached to that. And, and, but in like a whatever, it was in the ground floor of a giant building. So there's a lot of like office people and whatever. But yeah, he owned it and we would go there every day, you know, after school. Hell yeah. And, and before my brother was in school and I wasn't. So like I was really in with his employees and they were so cool and they would like sneak me change from the register. And my dad was legitimately not cool with it. Like he would be with like, the, he was legit because it would like the mess up the, the balance and stuff. Like he was not cool with it, but yeah. You were cool with it. it. I was great with it. <laughs> but every day he let us pick out one thing of candy from the candy shelf. And one, we didn't, we weren't that healthy in hindsight. And one <laughs> pop from the, the thing of pop, yeah. which you wouldn't say pop, but in Buffalo you say pop. Sure you would. And actually I was just watching a thing, uh, the, it was Anderson Cooper talking about his 60 minute interview with Eminem mm-hmm. and 60 minutes interview. And, and he was, they were talking about Eminem and him going to visit the old Burger, Burger King that he would go when he didn't have any other place to go. Mm-hmm. And he just mentioned, he's like, well, and he calls it pop and like 
<laughs> don't know what pop is. It's like, oh yeah, like Rust Belt like yeah, culture there. That Midwest energy. That's right. Pop. Pop. Do you remember I, there was like a pop that was I feel like it was called Livewire, honestly. Like I know oh there's a God. Mountain Dew Livewire, but I feel like this Well, and there's the Harley Davidson Livewire. Right. Um but I think no. there was like a pop we were obsessed with that was like kind of like a fruity pop. Charlotte got some spam the other day and the title of the spam email was Livewire. Come on. I had her forward it to me so that I was and then me? I like forgot to send it to you. Maybe but it was like <laughs> it was weird. It was like just spam and it was like funny. You know it was like not even like good spam. It was just like, yeah, it was lame spam where they had just copied like 500 emails into the two field yep. and sent it off, you know? Yeah. And it was like just confusing. Like yep. it wasn't like they were successfully selling Viagra or anything. It was right. like, what is this piece of spam? It doesn't make any sense. But it's a live wire. But the title's a live wire. That's crazy, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's really but interesting. It, anyway, I don't recall a, a pop called live pop do you remember the little purple uh square candies that came in like a little tin violet like um almost like a roll of lifesavers except instead of being a cylinder Mm -hmm. like each candy instead of each candy being a circle each candy is a square yeah and they're like uh a little lavender flavor yeah they're like lavender flavor or like rose petal flavored yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember that? So they taste like chemicals, right? <laughs> or like yeah. they taste like perfume. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had um, in Wilmington, North Carolina, where, well, Charlotte's parents don't live in Wilmington, but they live in near Wilmington. And uh, so we went to stay there one time and I had to work. And I was like, I'm going to go find a coffee shop. And I found this little bookstore. And inside the bookstore, there was like a guy who made coffee, who was like real into coffee. And I was like, this guy rules. I'm going to go like hang out with this dude. So like I was just like there every day for like a week. The only guy like treating this place like a coffee shop. Nice. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> and just like getting coffee and working and stuff. So I talked Sounds to this like guy a, great a lot. spot. And uh, at some point, I those candies came up in conversation somehow and really? he had no clue what i was talking about really so i amazon primed him like a 12 pack of the of the like things of them yeah. which adds up to probably like a little bricklets. 300 un- like inedible candies <laughs> <you know? laughs> so well uh so they showed up and i was there when they arrived <laughs> and so he came out and he was like did you do this I was like, yeah, that was me. It was like, okay, word. Do you want one? I was like, I really don't. No, I was like, horrible. I was like, okay, I'll have one, but you have to also have one. Yeah, and uh, yeah, they're not good, but for some reason we liked them. Well, they're so addictive if you get started on them. Is that what I know? It is? Having having gotten a couple of those packages from that twelve pack. There it is. I mean, we like we had so many options. Why would we choose those? <laughs> You know, what kid would do that? Just to be sophisticated. Maybe that's know? what it was. It's like, um, well, yeah. Like, I think it's like like drinking uh, like a martini, you know? 
It's like at some, but no one a likes a martini old. right off the bat. You know, of course, you have to like drink a lot of martinis before you like martinis because like mm-hmm. no one likes olives that much. Right. And no one likes straight liquor that much. Right. Yep. And it's like, oh, let's what if we combined those things? for like vermouth, like stanky wine. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Like a martini is like kind of a nasty concept. It's like wine stank with a stanky liquor with a stanky vegetable. Yeah, exactly. But, but actually, like, at that point in my life, I really liked green olives. I loved them. I like green olives, too. I mean, I do, like, too, but, like, I really liked them. But not as a drink. Agreed. You know I, I think like I think, like, five-year-old Caleb would have liked a martini. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But then, like, ten-year-old Caleb would have been like, get this out of my face. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, I think people start drinking martinis to be cool. And then, after a certain point, they, like, cross the, the threshold into liking them. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I feel that way about um, Bloody Marys. Like, you like Bloody Marys? I mean, you seem like a guy who could like, you know, who's um, in a tomato juice and stuff. Yeah, I like a spicy Bloody Mary. Right? Like, that's crazy to me. I want to be that guy, but come on, that sounds horrible. Yeah. What well, do you like gazpacho? I don't know what that is. What? You don't know what a gazpacho is? <laughs> I've heard the word. Your your dad ran a little a little deli and you don't know what gazpacho. Dude, gazpacho we didn't eat like anything a, he had at the deli. We just had it's like, like a cold tacos. Italian soup. Cold Italian soup. Okay. Yeah, it's like it's sort of like um, it's almost like the consistency of like a salsa. Okay. You know, like salsa consistency, but it's a soup, and it's cold, and mm. it, it's like a salty tomato garlicky cold soup. Sounds it's like, delicious. um, what's one of those soups you get at Olive Garden? You ever go to Olive Garden? <laughs> oh, come on, Daniel. Um, <laughs> really, you don't like know the gar- the Olive Garden soups? The last time I went to Olive Garden was the night before, uh, prom. Dude, Daniel, come on. Well, you're too, what, highbrow for that, Daniel? Um. For a little bit of Olive Garden? I wouldn't say I'm too highbrow. I would say, I would say I'm too good for it. Right. <laughs> okay. You uh, just cut right to the chase. <laughs> They have not highbrow um, for because they have these stock soups, you know, that they just always have. And Uh a couple of there's like a Zupa Toscana, Mm -hmm. sure. And then there's one other one, and it sounds like what you're saying. It's cold. It's a cold salsa. It's it's Italian salsa. Italian salsa. (laughs) Uh, Um, yeah. Okay. Anyway, a Bloody Mary is basically like if you like gazpacho, you like like, that. You want some vodka in that. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. Um, before we leave this candy at the deli topic, uh, mm-hmm. I'm now remembering a candy that we were obsessed with that came out with the Simpsons. Or not with the, you know, but like it was a Simpsons themed. It Butterfinger came out with the BBs? blessing of the Simpsons. Right. Butterfinger BBs? Uh-uh. Anything on that? No. So is it like little balls of the hard stuff? Yeah, it's in like whoppers, but for butterfingers. That's pretty good. And I think is there like I think maybe who's the baby on The Simpsons? Uh oh yeah. What's their the the little girl oh, with the on, binky in her terrible. mouth all the time? No, I know who you mean. I just don't know the name. You yeah. got Bart, Lisa. Uh oh, come on. She has a name. Yeah, I don't know, but I feel like she was the mascot for me. That's where the like. Was her name Lily BB? Or something? <laughs> I don't know. Word. 
but holler at me in on twitter or something if you were really into butterfinger babies yeah okay? don't holler at me just because you know the name of the baby on the simpsons because do that definitely gonna, do that. no it's gonna come to me <laughs> soon no, don't just be like hey yo here's the name of the baby on the <laughs> okay so yeah Whew. so so that's um that's great stuff actually before we leave this deli topic another one of the perks he would get because you know he had like a pepsi machine and stuff like you get those uh like um that uh, the merch stuff that they want you to you know they just send you like cardboard cutouts of stuff yeah so when star wars episode one came out oh you lucky bug yeah so they they sent him a full life-size cutout of qui-gon jinn that's dope and like he put it up for a few days but then he gave it to us so in our room we had this like full cardboard life-size of Qui-Gon Jinn, which was pretty awesome. So I was extremely into Star Wars as a child. Really? Um, which I think is as was not I. Un- uncommon. Like I'm it's not, not, I'm not but saying for you, I'm maybe. anything special. I don't know. Um but so my on my probably like my sixth birthday or something, um, I was given the VHS box set of the original Star Wars like remastered yeah the special edition you know what i'm yep. saying with the with the gold little uh like that's what made it special edition right like it had that gold little band at the top yeah yeah, yeah. well and i mean it, it also like was edited differently right you got the weird like cg creatures now in a few of the desert scenes instead yeah of it was a whole thing the rotoscoped but ones anyway i um so i watched that incessantly and became really into star wars okay um then when Star Wars Episode One came out, we lived in a town called Karuizawa, which is um, Japanese for um, well, which is near like Nagano, which is where the Olympics were sometime in the nineties. There was like Olympics there, so people kind of know where Nagano is okay. um, because the Olympics were there. So Karuizawa is like an hour from Nagano. Is um, this the town with the monkeys? This is the town with the monkeys. So we like lived from... in the mountains, like in the middle of nowhere. Um, and it was a town that was like a vacation town, basically. But we lived there all year. With <laughs> so, a guy who has a tennis court in his yard. Yeah, well, we had a tennis court. You had the yard. tennis court in your yard. Yeah, but it um, wasn't our tennis For the court. listener, go back and listen to our Japan episode for context. Yeah. Uh, yeah, if you wanted to call in on the episode about Japan, you should have called in on the episode about monkeys. Right. Um, so the anyway, we my dad like was like, I'm gonna take my kid to see Star Wars Episode One because like he was real into Star Wars and this movie is out now. And so we took a train. I recall it being like a two and a half hour journey. Wow. Like I've, I'm going to have to confirm because like my sense of scale from being eight right. is yeah, a little bit it's different like 20 now. Minute, right. <laughs> but like, I recall it being like, we had to switch trains like three times and like it took us out to like nowhere and then into the city. And I think eventually we ended up in Nagano. Maybe that's what it was. It's like we were taking the train into Nagano and then we, um, but what, yeah, we saw Star Wars Episode One like in a movie theater in English. So like he had somehow like I was just gonna ask found a movie theater where it was well, it's not that common uncommon for it to play in English with Japanese subtitles, which is what it was. Huh. But like 
we like lived like in the middle of nowhere. So we had to like figure out where there's a movie theater, where it's happening in English. And then like something messed up in the, in the transit process. And we, we ended up getting a ride from like, I think we ended up at the wrong train station or something. And so we ended up getting a ride from a random Japanese man, like from the train station we were at, like 20 minutes to the train station we actually needed to be at. Um, and he just like waved his hand over the door and it opened. Yeah, it was weird. But anyway, long story short, we got to see Star Wars. That's and awesome. I was, real, I was real into that Star Wars as well. Yeah, that, yep, that was a great time. Great time in life. Great time to be great alive. Great time to be alive. <laughs> really was, man. Yeah, it was a, when, when the prequels came out is, was a great time to be eight. Absolutely. And now our generation is like, I think, I mean, I'll let you answer this question, but to me, those Star Warses are the best Star Warses. Oh, I, I would not agree with that. No, really. I mean, I you watch it the, now and you go, "Oh boy!" Like, yeah, I would say the original I Star see Wars. Why is, everybody was really mad about this? Yeah, yeah. I but, would say I like the original Star Wars. This is better. Really? Hmm. Hmm. Not me. Yeah, not me. Fair. There's just so, like such a like like a. There's so much going on. There's so like the lore is so much deeper. Yeah. In the first three, and you get to like witness the heyday of the Jedi. You know, which is so cool. There's yeah, so many yeah. more Jedi. There's so many more colors of lightsaber. The the force is stronger. The moves There's are better. Like politics and all yeah, the and Yoda's yeah, yeah. like super action packed and not just like old and you know. Mm-hmm. There was just so much more to offer. I hear you. I hear you. You know, it was uh, so yeah. Anyway, um, Daniel. Yeah, bud. Daniel Colborn. I have Dude. two topics. Yeah, and we can splice them in with your topics. But I got home Use automation. Topics. We'll talk about home automation. Uh-huh. And we'll talk about NFTs, of course. <laughs> okay, cool. I have... But like every one... episode, we'll leave NFTs till the end and not do it, okay? Yeah, that's good. I've got one thing to say on home automation before your home automation thing. Speak. I Speak have exactly one smart home device in my home. Can I guess? Sure. Is it uh, like a thing you talk to? Oh, so I, I have lots i've actually i have everything that you talk to i have oh. a google thing an amazon thing and an Seriously? apple thing no way yeah. what <laughs> okay you have a light bulb yes exactly i have one light bulb and it's in our bedroom um and the goal is to say hey lady in a tube please turn off the bedroom lights because i don't want to get out of bed to turn off the lights you know <laughs> do you actually say that what's no. lady in a tube well, if I say it, then it's going to trigger it in people's houses. Is this a thing? Yeah. You, you're you not supposed to say, like, the the summoning words on podcasts. Oh, while you're... T- oh, right. Because then if people are playing them in their houses around their devices, hey, it, it, causes, it causes mayhem. Right. So, respectfully, I'm referring to it as the lady in the tube. Did you just come up with the lady in the tube? That's like, a Merlin um, man. That's a Merlin okay, man. Okay, I was thing. just going to say, like... Um, but anyway, so the goal, so what you say is, Hey lady in the tube, turn off bedroom. Hey lady in the tube, turn on bedroom. Right. So that worked. I installed it. I set it up. Then one time Charlotte was in bed, um, and she was watching TikToks and the light was on and I was like, I'm going to mess with her. Yeah. So I opened the, uh, sync app. Sync is the general electric brand of smart home automation products okay 
So I open the sync app and I just start sliding the dimmer back and forth on the light bulb. I'm like, I'm gonna mess with my wife. Ha ha. Yeah. From a different room. Um, and that worked. And ever since the light bulb has not worked. <laughs> oh man. Like it works like a light bulb. Like you can turn the light on and right. off. It won't connect the Wi-Fi. It won't connect any of the oh. Yeah. Well, Dan Cole, I wonder I mean, I don't think this would be the case, but a lot of them you put them into pairing mode and like reset them by turning them off and on like six times fast. Okay. So that's probably what I would have to do. I just, to me, that's like a brittle spirit and I don't want a brittle spirit in my light bulbs, you know? Well, I thought that I would think you'd have to cut the power and turn the power back on six times. I mean, that's what like Philips Hue is like that. And so is the other one I use. Um, so I don't think it would trigger just from you remotely turning it on and off fast, but. No, 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 I know. I'm just saying, like, now that I know that there's a way to put it into pairing mode and fix it, like, I can probably fix it. Right. I'm just a little bit distressed that, like, I can't, like, like, I have to walk on eggshells around these, around this light bulb or else it's going to get mad at me and stop working. I know. My fear is that that's how it works. Um, what I have heard is that I think... I don't know. Linus Tech Tips did a big video on this. But like, to me, I just want everything to like, eventually, I'm going to do all the home stuff. I'm just kind of waiting just a little bit. And like, because I want everything I do to go through Apple HomeKit. Okay, because I feel like Apple HomeKit is going to be the way to go as far as managing things. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, that's probably tell me about your tell me about your stuff. Schmeckle tunes. Um, so you bought a house. Now you're like, should I automate it? Is right. What's going yeah, on. essentially. And there's some like, so to avoid the distraction of just like googling stuff that I could do, I've just made like a list of things that I actually should do mm-hmm. because this is like a really old house and there's old wiring and weird placements of stuff. So there's a lot of places that I would love like a switch where there doesn't exist one. Like I, like our bedroom light doesn't actually have a switch anywhere. It's just a light that they had a pull cord for. So that's a great place. Like pop in a few smart bulbs, pop in a little button thing on the wall, call it a Mm -hmm. day day. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's other stuff like that, like a lot of that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. So anyway, so I don't even know where to start, but maybe I'll start with this. My first, I thought, I've heard about this home assistant thing. You heard about home assistant, assistant? No. Okay. It's an operating system for the Raspberry Pi. Okay. I have heard about it. Yes. Okay. So M Stauff is pretty into this. And when I was asking people about stuff, um, John O'Nolan, the ghost guy, he reached out and was like, yeah, Home Assistant's dope, you know. So I the thought... ghost, the like blog CMS? Yes. Okay. Um, super friendly guy and uses Alpine. He likes Alpine. Great. I think he has a template with Alpine in it. That's dope. Um, so, yeah, Deke. So I thought like... Home Assistant. Oh, this is the thing. This is the thing that developers made and open sourced it to like conquer the vendor lock-in, like greedy money bag people, you know? Like this is the thing to unify all the things. And it's great because developers, you know, are the the savior to these sorts of consumer traps, right? I thought that. Mm-hmm. But it's a lot of pain. And even if you solve all the problems and endure all the pain, you still end up with like a thing that you probably end up with Alexa as well, you know, controlling half your stuff, Mm -hmm. whatever. It's been a whole journey. And I was just curious if you knew 
like much about the scene. Um, so sounds like you don't. I I would say there's probably two viable journeys here, right? The one journey is the hacker journey. Yeah, we're gonna do it all through a Raspberry Pi. Yeah, and you're gonna be able to write Node.js scripts to make your <laughs> house happen. Yes, right. Yeah, and that's cool because you yep. are you are a, a programmer. That's right. And you could you could stream. You could be you could do uh, internet streaming where you work on your open source programming code, and every time you get a donation, your lights turn a different color. You could do all <laughs> kinds of cool stuff, right? That's cool. Yeah, can people do that. Uh, you could. Well, honestly, right. Like, I mean, you could do that with like if this then that. I'm sure very easily. Yeah. Well, Stauffer like had something like that during his Laracon talk. Okay. Um, yeah. Where like. Yeah. Michael Reeves. Do you know who Michael Reeves is? No. Michael Reeves is like an engineering YouTuber. You should watch all of his videos. Okay. Um, Michael Reeves, you say? Yeah, Michael Reeves. And he makes many, many like stupid but amazing projects. Um, all right. Anyway, when he's... He, he's wired up a drill. Oh, oh, this is um, William Osmond's little buddy. Yes. Oh, yeah. I know this guy. Yeah, 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 he's Great. way more famous than William Osmond. I'm actually surprised Seriously? that you know who William Osmond is if you don't know who Michael Reeves is. Funny, yeah. I guess. Yeah, I love I, we, I love William Osmond as well. But me too. To and me, we should talk that would have been him. like a way more niche YouTuber to bring up. Interesting. Yeah, I guess I just see this guy like saw him like you know pop into William Osmond's life and then now yeah, like, yeah, they yeah. like live together. Yeah, they did. They don't anymore. No. Okay, but. Seems like a super cool little funny dude, you know? He's the best. He's great. Yeah. Okay. Um, you should watch all of his videos. Like, he puts, he takes big breaks between his videos because his projects take like a year. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Great. Anyway, Love it. one of the things he does is when he's streaming, every time he gets a donation, behind him, there's a DeWalt drill with a piece of masking tape on the drill bit. Mm -hmm. And every time he gets a donation, it just spins for a second. <laughs> so like he has his DeWalt drill like wired up to a Raspberry Pi that is like accepting webhooks from whatever his donation right. mechanism is mm -hmm. and it's just like that type of stuff is just cool to me that where it's just like yeah that's awesome the that public triggering shit happening in my house right so I gotta do that because that yeah. would not be hard to do with GitHub sponsors they have a webhook Oh, GitHub sponsors. Up. It'd be so easy. They You can literally pop in your webhook and then you receive like a payload that tells you if it's a new sponsorship. <laughs> Dude, it'd be super duper easy. Oh, Bless sorry you, for and you could receive that webhook with a Laravel app and you can actually control Phillips Hue bulbs with a Laravel app. Dude, that like, would be It's so not sick. hard to control Yeah, you just Phillips make all the lights in the house go green for one second every time you get money. Yeah, that's the way, man. This yeah. is the way. This is your the way, gonna like it. She's going to love it. <laughs> she's going to be like taking a picture of something and like right as she's about to press it, all the lights go green. And then she's like, oh, man, Caleb. Yeah. Um, she'll be all upset. And I'll be like, we're rich. We're rich. I'm rich, paid, man. I just paid $20. <laughs> um, the, uh, but yeah. She'll be so like, what's the, the lifetime value of that sponsor? I'll be like, $14. <laughs> Be like, Alexa, what's the lifetime value of my phone? Like, Your sponsor already canceled. 
<laughs> they just wanted to download the screencast. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, Your churn is through the roof. <laughs> the um. So that's the one journey, right? Is the like hacker journey. The other journey is like you just have to use Apple Home or like go- whatever Google's equivalent thing is. Yeah, Google. Are you gonna something? Are you gonna become an iPhone guy at any point? I don't know. I mean, I made it this far, dude. Yeah. I've made it so far. Yeah. And the only inconvenience is like rainbow.me, the like Ethereum wallet that's pretty cool, is only for iPhone. And what's the other, the like chat app that everybody cared about for a day or two? The like audio social network? Oh, uh, Clubhouse or whatever. Clubhouse. Their beta or whatever was only available on iOS. It was, it, you didn't miss so it. So I had to use my iPad for that. Um, but outside of that stuff, it's like, why do you need an iPhone? What are the other? The, oh, my AirPods. Called... It just it would be like I've seen Hannah use her AirPods and it's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Where mine, mine are fine. It works fine. It's just you know it doesn't know the battery or anything. Yeah, I mean it's just little shit like that where it's like if you just like buy in, like everything works together really well. Yeah, I know. That's like copying thing. and pasting from your phone to your computer. Oh, and... that would be awesome. That would yeah. be so helpful. Um. Yeah. So that type of stuff is really cool. And then uh, it, there's just lots of little things, man. It's yeah. hard to, it's hard I to mean, exactly. I had an iPhone because yeah. I was a Dignation watcher and I worshiped Kevin Rose. Yeah. And when he got the iPhone, I was like, I need, I need a MacBook and an iPhone. Like I'm not Alex Albrecht. I need yeah. a MacBook and an iPhone. Uh-huh. And I did get both of those, but I don't have them anymore. Yeah. So, um, Anyway, all I'm yeah. saying is like if you were an Apple household, yeah, then I think Apple Home is far and away like the best like unified user interface for the whole thing. Maybe. I don't know. The really popular um home automation YouTuber, his name is Paul what? Paul something. Home Giamatti. Automation Paul Hibbert. Rudd. Paul Hibbert. This guy okay. He's the home automation YouTuber guy. Yeah. And he, when he talks about like which family to buy into, it's like Alexa or Google. Like he doesn't even barely even talks about Apple because there's just so much that doesn't work with it. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's why I'm like waiting just a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. It's because he, and his everything thing is, is everything is moving towards compatibility with Apple. Okay. Right. So it's like I just want to wait like just a smidge until I can just like go to the store and everything I will buy will be compatible with Apple Home. Yeah, yeah, I guess. But you're going to pay so much money. And I guess that's the thing. I don't know. So the home assistant path is hopefully the path to not having to pay a ton of money. Yeah. Because um, there's these light bulbs called Linkind. It like, if you Google Linkind, it will autocorrect you to LinkedIn. Like yeah. it won't even just be like, did you mean LinkedIn? It's like, no, we're going to call no, it LinkedIn. LinkedIn. And it's like, did you really mean Linkind? <laughs> like, yeah. Well, yeah, I did. So it's this brand of home automation stuff and it's really cheap. It's like somebody who just was like, hey, so Philips Hue, you have this really simple technology and subpar everything and you charge $35 a light bulb for it. Yeah. How about we put that same thing out, <laughs> find your manufacturers, find better manufacturers. Right. So these these bulbs, Lincoln bulbs, the full color bulbs, if you get the Wi-Fi version, you can get four full color bulbs that have colors Philips Hue doesn't even have. Like mm-hmm. Philips Hue has no purple. 
it says it does, but you can't get it to be purple. It's like a off blue. Sure. So it has like true purple. It has truer colors. It's brighter, more saturated. It's just a better bulb. Yeah. And they are four for 25 bucks. And if you get the, just the white light ones. Oh, right now there's a 50% off sale on their site with free shipping. You can get four Wi-Fi full color bulbs for like 12 bucks. Like sit on that, like $2 and 50 cents, like maybe $3 a bulb as opposed to 30 something. It's insane. And it's, it's and it uses, so it is pretty wild. Um, so that's actually a hot tip for anybody who wants like nice full color bulbs and doesn't want to shell out a ton of money. Go buy them on Amazon, a four pack for 25 bucks. I bought like five of them. Um, but the ones, so the ones that I bought, I bought that, but apparently like Wi-Fi is super lame. And like that doesn't actually interact with home assistant at all. Um, it's like, you're kind of locked into their stuff or Alexa or mm-hmm. Google home. So I think if you use those, you can use their Wi-Fi bulbs, but have you heard of Zigbee? Yes. Okay. So Zigbee is like, the- Zigbee is like a secondary protocol. Yeah. A secondary wireless protocol so that you're not, you don't, you're not introducing 50 new Mac addresses to your Wi-Fi network that are constantly saturating your router. Right. So I thought it was on a different band. And I thought like, oh, it's to like keep the band clear, but it's not. I think it's 2.4 gigahertz is Zigbee, mm-hmm. I think. But yes, yeah, so like it it relieves your router of like interacting with 50 bulbs. Having to DHCP all of that all the time. Right, and then yeah. clear your DHCP pool or whatever. Like it's, it's, right, it's its own dedicated thing and it's really low power consumption. So I've learned this, that like anything Wi-Fi and smart home stuff is high power consumption. If you have a Wi-Fi door lock, you're going to burn through the batteries you have a Wi-Fi, anything that's not plugged into a socket, but Zigbee is like Bluetooth in that it's just a drip of power. Yeah. So anything Zigbee is going to last forever and it's instant. Oh where, yeah. Like, I have actually had one other home automation device or home smart home device and it was some Arlo cameras. Um, okay. And I put them up and I was all excited and I mounted the little things and then they burned through batteries in like three weeks and then I like took them down oh, to really? charge them and I they've been down for a year. Wow. Well, there you go. I mean, yeah, like, I'm, I'm not going to charge these about cameras that. every three weeks. I'm not going to get out my ladder and climb up and get these cameras and yeah. charge them every three weeks. That's the so I have to run thing. power or else I can't use them. Okay. Yeah. So, and I don't know if Zigbee even has cameras. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. But... So you, these Zigbee bulbs, so Hugh, Philips Hue is Zigbee. It's a Zigbee yes. hub and the Zigbee, the bulbs are all Zigbee. Um, so you can actually get just a generic Zigbee hub and hook it up with Philips Hue bulbs, mm-hmm. which I have because I was an idiot and thought like, ooh, I'll have Philips Hue all over my office and spend $500 on four bulbs mm-hmm. when I should not have done that. Mm-hmm. Um, but whatever. So you can plug a little Zigbee hub into the Home Assistant or into your Pi. Um, Home Assistant actually has its own like open source hardware. So like for 150 bucks, you get their dedicated little machine. Sure. Because I guess with a Pi, you need like a SSD because you'll burn through the SD card because of like rights, like too many sure. rights with like video stuff. Whatever. You buy the hardware, you plug in a USB little dongle for Zigbee, and then you can hook up with all your Zigbee stuff and it's all in your local network. So if your internet goes out, you're fine, which is something that none of these big families do. Apple, Google, and Alexa, if your internet goes out, you're screwed. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is all local network stuff and it's like instant, like you press the button on your phone and it's literally like, you can't detect the latency. It's so fast. Um, which is great. So anyway, that's kind of the tree I'm barking up at the moment, but I said it all. Linus tech tips made a video 
Um, he bought a new house. He's smart homing his whole house and they did a ton of the research into, so there's not, Zigbee is not the only off Wi-Fi network. Z-Wave is the other one. Yeah. Right? And so they did a whole comparison between Zigbee and Z-Wave and why they, they chose. I think they ended up going with Zigbee, but I forget. There's not as much Z-Wave stuff and it's like not as cool as Zigbee is what I found. So anyway, you should watch this video just, just for due okay. diligence. Um, I will. He just had a video out called like why Philips Hue is for idiots or something. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So I'm kind of buying into the Zigbee thing, but it's it's tough. Like I could do this whole home auto, home assistant thing and get into like energy management. And it does. It really is super powerful if you have like solar panels and all sorts of stuff like that. But if you don't, I'm just trying to avoid the trap where you buy like a smart lock and now you need the smart lock app and your fridge is smart. So you have the smart fridge app, like mm-hmm. Samsung smart things and then Google this and Alexa that and whatever. I'm trying to put it all together, but it's actually almost impossible. Mm-hmm. Like honestly, the best thing to do is to just do Alexa everything. Anything that integrates with Alexa, just do that. That's what everyone should do. That's cool. But I'm not going to do it. I don't think Alexa's the move, but... <sighs> I mean, I'm just saying that because of how much is available for it and the flexibility. The lady in the of, tube. I don't think the lady in the tube is the move. Oh, sorry, everybody. Um, I, I mean, what's his name? Uh, Paul Hibbert thinks that the lady in the tube is the move. So yeah, well, and we all know that Paul is the real expert. Don't sell yourself short, Daniel. Don't sell yourself short. Um, yeah. <laughs> Um, so I have a question. I, a minor topic. Wait, I'd before like we to... get off the home assistant, I just need yeah. to make sure everybody knows that it's insane and stupid. Like I literally yeah, no, spent it, it's like a hell world. You're entering hours into. in the terminal trying to find the like serial device, like file, you know, like Unix, like, like slash dev slash TTYL thing of the, the Zigbee adapter to get it to work with like the Zigbee third-party plugin that is super unintuitive. It's it's a deep thing. So anybody who's trying to, who wants, who's like tempted by it, it's fun because hacking is fun, but it's all yeah. hacking. It's not it's like what you want It's fun because like be. having like a real world consequence of not solving a problem makes it fun to work on. Yeah, it's exactly, but that's it's it. It's fun for the same reason it was fun to like fix my only iPod Nano that I bricked by installing Linux on it when I was a kid. Yep. Um, yep. Did you put um, Doom? Yes. Doom? Oh, I, I, I played didn't Doom on my iPod Nano. Really? It was a blast. Okay. Forget what I did. I think I had like Microsoft Paint, like some version of Paint on the the iPod <laughs> with the scroll wheel. It was nuts because you can have a mouse. Yeah. And use wild. the scroll wheel as the different axes of the mouse. All right. What do you got for me, Deke? Okay, so I got to be a little bit careful with this because oh boy, I have to skirt around some NDAs. Okay. Um, but here's, I guess, really the question, and it's about like the ethics or the how ethical is it, and how smart is it to play potential clients against each other to get the best rate. Hmm. Um, because I am busy. Yeah. 
I'm fully booked. And my contract just just got extended. Oh. Well, technically hasn't, but I've been told that it is getting extended. Yeah. But the paper hasn't been signed. And then I've been told of another possible extension after that. Yeah. Um, But that's a lot of months of being locked in at the rate that I'm at right now. Right, right, right. Right? Yeah. Then, in the meantime, I've had many people reach out to me saying, hey, just wanted to check on your rates and availability. Hey, just wanted to check on your rates and availability. Yeah. So I've been telling them rates. Um, and those rates are higher than Pretty what I'm getting steep. paid right now. And the reason for that is that when I signed the contract I'm on right now, I had no other work yep. because another thing had just fallen through. Yep. Um, so I signed it and I got a rate and the rate is great. It's a good rate. Like I'm very happy and getting paid well. Right. Okay. Um, but now I've got all this other work floating around. It's yep. like, I yeah. could be making 40 more dollars an hour than I'm making right now. Right. So, if, you, if this was you, would yep. you, before renewing this contract, go to the person who listens to this podcast? So, hi. <laughs> go to the person who listens What's to this their podcast. Name? I, I don't think I should say it. Yes, this is where you make up a name, Daniel. Um, Fred. Fred. Should I go to Fred and say, Fred, listen, I am, by signing this thing, turning down $40 an hour times 32 hours a week times three months of weeks. So you actually, these higher offers actually have like longevity in the contracts? Well, it's not. So one of them definitely does. Um, But that one is actually... A little bit complicated because it is a money equity split. So in that one, my base rate is 150. Um, but they have a choice to pay me up to 50% of my rate in equity. Yeah. But every bit that they pay me in equity, they have to pay double. Okay. So you can pay me, so the lowest amount of cash, this is actually a really cool arrangement I came up with. <laughs> so basically, you can pay me $75 cash and $150 in equity per hour. Yep. Or you can pay me $100 cash and $100 equity an hour. Okay. Or you can pay me $150 cash an hour. So it's yep. like, it's up to you. And every two weeks when you like cut me a check, you get to decide how much of this check is going to be cash? How much of this check is going to be equity? Like, hmm. I don't care. I'll take whatever. Yeah. Um, but you're incentivized to pay me more cash if you believe in the value of your equity. Yeah. Right? And you're incentivized. Mm, right, right, yeah. You're yeah. incentivized to pay me more in equity if you think that your company's worth nothing, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so then based on like how much cash, how much equity I get over the course of the contract, at the end, if they want to renew, like I can make a judgment and be like, hmm, it seems like you don't really believe in the value of your company. I think we should uh, switch to cash, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I'm just, I'm just trying to take some weird deals. And so I'm negotiating some of these weird stuff. So like I haven't signed this contract. It's likely available for me yeah. to sign, but it would require me to cut off this other contract. And mm-hmm. so I'm probably 
probably not going to do it because I like my current client and I like the work I'm doing right now, you mm-hmm. know? Um, but it's an interesting thing and it's out there. Then there's this other one that's a shorter contract that's just 115 hours straight cash. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So long story short, it kind of feels like I could just be pulling this 115 hour at least for the next three months. Like right. I'm turning just- down work. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. so is it ethical to just go and be like, yo, I know we're like in the middle of a project, mm-hmm. um, but like our initial contract was until December. Okay. Right. Now we're ne- needing to renew it for another month and then we're going to need to renew it for another two or three months after that. Yeah. Right. I need the rate to go up. Because my opportunity cost for not taking other work is too high. Yeah. Should I do that? Absolutely. You is should that neg- kind of a scumbag move? To negotiate a new contract? Well, yeah. So I, I guess it just feels like it doesn't feel that much like a new contract. And maybe that's just, you know, because it's right. just like extending no. it, extending it. Right. No, you have to. How long have you been working with this person? Uh, Like. How long have you been working under these terms? Three months? Uh, Two months, something like that. Two months. I mean, I guess if I were in your shoes, if I liked the work, if there was a strong history and there's a strong future, Mm -hmm. that's really valuable. Right. And that's the, that's the thing I don't want to injure is like, I don't want, I don't want them to get the impression from me that, uh, I'm going to get halfway in, like for the foreseeable future, I'm going to get halfway into projects and then bump the rate on them before they can leave. But isn't this a, this is, this is partially on them for not booking a stronger contract. Yeah. For not signing a longer contract with me. If you're going to sign a short contract, you're taking on the risk. And, and they are taking on the, they're taking on the, like whatever the risk or con or whatever that they, you know, like if, if they're like, well, you know, we could go for the six months and lock them in at this rate. But, you know, I don't know if this project, I don't know about whatever. So let's try three months. But, you know, now I don't have a guarantee that he'll even work with me f- after that. But mm-hmm. no, it's contractual. You go with the contract. I think there is an amount of like just decency where you don't want to be like hustling other hustling other contracts and being like, you know, forcing the hand like this is this is what I'm getting from other people. I want this from you or I'm out, you know, yeah, yeah. especially like if you started a project and if you're kind of integrated and you know what I mean? But one, uh, this is set. You're sending a message that like you have a flexible, like you'll negotiate and you have a flexible wage. And so if you, if they want to lock you down, they, they should make a bigger contract. Um, but, and they can always say no. So I would say like, I don't know what you're currently making there, but let's just pretend you're making $50 an hour to say like so I'm at 150 or... I'm at 110 right now. Okay. Yeah, 110. Okay. Yeah. I mean So it's a difference between 110 and 150, which is a $64,000 a year difference. Right. So maybe don't go for the whole whole 150 because this project has a history and a promise of the future. Mhm. So I think you should definitely ratchet up because yeah. you're getting work for more. So ratchet up uh, some reasonable amount if if you think that they'll negotiate back, then offer 150 and then they offer you 130. And then you go with that. If you want to be more straightforward and you're closer with the person, just be like, I'm getting offers for 150. I want to bump you to 130. How do you feel about that? 
and yeah. then maybe they'll be like, okay, I'm in. And then, you know, but that's the whole thing of a contract is like, you're taking on the risk that they're just going to go, Hey, so actually we're done. And now you have nothing. Right. You know, which would and suck. That's, that's a costly thing for you to carry around. So that's where if like, if they want to, if they want to manage their own risk of you charging them more or bouncing out, they should do that with a better contract with a longer contract. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I guess that's the move. Um, that's the move. Yeah. But Daniel, always be negotiating. You know that. Well, always be negotiating. Yes. I, I'm a big negotiator. Um, I've been a little bit like hesitant on this one just because it felt. Yeah, it felt like too opportune. Like it, it feels like I have too much leverage here. You know what I'm saying? Where yeah, it's like, sure. well, what am I going to do? Just like abandon this project in the middle? Like, yep. like I'm not actually going to do that, right? Good. So right. like even if the they right said thing. like, no, it's 110, like I would get pissed. Yeah. But then I would like stick around and do the thing because like I'm right. not going to like leave them high Fred and dry. But we need to hear on this, on this show that like Daniel's not going to leave you high and dry, but you're not, you're not um, making it so that like Daniel works for you and loves it all the time forever. He's, he's going to be right. eyeing up other you know other yeah. prospects so that's true so you know that's that's important like you'll do that because you're good and you should and you're yeah. responsible i'm a good guy you're a good guy but you should you know if you're if you're if the demand if you have more demand and less supply and there's opportunity and opportunity cost and all that and you're leaving money on the table like you know i mean we're talking about short amounts of time that there's a short amount of time that you've been on the project and even a short amount of time for you to even be on the project in the future. There's much longer contracts with places. Six, six months, I think is like, you know, I don't want to say on the low end of a contract cause that's totally not true, but it's like not a long contract per sure. se six yeah, yeah. months. Um, so, and maybe that's something, maybe if you want to mitigate your risk of being left high and dry, you say like, all right, it's either uh, you, this is my rate for a short contract, this is my rate for a long contract. Yep. Makes sense. But yeah, Deke, help yourself out, bro. I mean, you know. Help yourself. Help yourself to some of the money. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, a good project and a good future in history is something that can be hard to come by. Well, and also like a good client relationship, you know? Like, yep. I think that's the, the primary thing I like want to, like... I'm also trying to build a stable of clients here, right? Like, I'm not just trying to run through projects and just, like, get in there, grab as much money as I can, and then get out, you know? Yep. This doesn't but you're sense. an enterprising individual, Daniel. Boy, watch me enterprise. This is how, how you're going to build, you know, the three-man dev shop, you know, when you're just... Charging 110 an hour, yeah. You got to work up there, Daniel. Yeah, got to move it up. Got to bump it up. Got to bump it up. Bump it up. Bump it up. Bump it up. Cool, man. Well, so there you go, I Deke. appreciate the ad fast. <laughs> totally. Deke, and NFTs, bro. NFTs, bro. This is the thing. Uh-huh. You know, a lot of people are pretty mad about NFTs. There's, there's a couple of them out there. A lot of people are pretty happy about NFTs. A couple of them out there, too. And like always... I kind of see both scenarios, you know, whatever. It's all good. But did you watch me and Miguel's talk? No, it was really good. I need to watch that. I need to watch that, Daniel. You do. 
But anyway, keep going. Here's just one thing I want to say about this because we're doing a project mm -hmm. and it's not as easy as you'd think. <laughs> Remember how I was telling you how like the tech wasn't as easy as you'd think? And I'm like, yeah. like no, this stuff is actually hard. So yeah, like, yeah. yeah, like money's all over the floor, but it's not like you can just grab a shovel and start shoveling it up. You have to yeah. like sweat. You got to build your own shovel. Yeah. Um, marketing it is hard, like very hard. So anyway, like we're climbing the hill, man. And it's a climb. We're, yeah. we're trying to do all the things right. And we're investing our own money. We paid an artist. So like we pay the artist, like a contractor. That's what the artist wants. So we pay like, you know, thousands of dollars for art, you know, and we pay for giveaways. We did a giveaway to like build the Twitter and like we each just chipped in on a single, um, what was it? A grim syndicate. Uh -huh. I don't know if you follow that project at all. Whatever. It's a Solana project that um, people like a lot. So we bought a Grim Syndicate. It cost $650 USD. So we each like, you know, kicked in like 200 bucks mm -hmm. to buy the syndicate to do the giveaway to get like 20 followers, you know? It's funny. It's just bizarre. It's yeah. like, it's like we're actually shelling out a bunch of money and we're working on it a lot and putting a lot of thought into it and trying to make it really good. And, um, and it's hard. But I believe, I believe it. we're going to make it. But it's going to, you know, it's like any project. It takes a while. You got to like do all the things. You got to market. You got to have good design. You got to have good tech. You got to do all the things. Build a community, you know? Yeah. I was browsing a couple of projects recently and like some of the websites are really nice. Like Some. There's, some are garbage. Some are really bad. But like some of the websites are really nice. I'm like, ooh, like someone who cares is making this, you know? I know. You know, we're, we're hacking on the website and I'm being very like picky. You know, mm -hmm. and very particular. Really? Um, you? Yes. And, but I'm working with people who are like, like now it's become a dynamic. Like people are like legitimately frustrated and like, that you're so, so they're like presenting me with all the popular projects and their websites. And yeah. some of them are garbage. Yeah. Like the, the pesky penguins is up and coming project. These things, I mean, they actually just dropped the floor drop, but the floor is like six Solana each, you know? Which so like is you're dropping what? what's, a, what's a Solana 15, worth these days? Like, uh, I actually don't follow it too closely, but it, it was like two fifty. Um, okay. Price of Soul is um, one Soul equals point two five United States dollars. What? That's not true. It's two hundred thirty bucks right now. Okay. Um, but yeah, at the time, like I was gonna buy a penguin, they're two thousand dollars. You know, a piece. Mm -hmm to pick up a penguin and the site is looks bad like just bad it's hard. so it's like i don't know are my priorities wrong is that not what this is about you know what i would just i would just assume that the likelihood of there being like a scam is just higher the shittier the website is you know what i'm saying i don't know i just feel like the more time and energy they invested in making a good website the less likely right. they are to like run away the with the bag. Yeah, right. Totally. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I've gone public on, on this project that I'm on this project. Yeah. So like there's basically a guarantee that great. this, yeah. this is a guarantee that it's at least not a scam, you know, which, uh, which I've told you, like people know, reach Caleb, out to me. You could just scam everybody. Like it could be a big, <laughs> this is my heist. Yeah. <laughs> Remember Caleb Porzio? Yeah. Before he ran away with a bag of money, <laughs> twelve billion dollars worth of weed 
weed NFTs. <laughs> that would be wild if that happened. Um, but I don't think I'll be making no 12 million. But we'll see. So I've told you that people have reached out to me, like fellow developers in the space, in the developer space, and been like, whoa, dude, you went non-anonymous, like ballsy move, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh, did I make a huge mistake <laughs> saying you, that like, do you think I don't know. So? Well, I don't think I did because I'm going to follow through on it and put like effort into it and it's going to be a project that's good, you know? Yeah. I'm not, we're not going to cheat anybody. Yeah. We're going to follow through on our plans. We're going to do things ethically. We already do things ethically. It's just like any other project I do. It's like the people I'm working with are great people. I've known in my whole lives. Like well, and like birthday parties. You've done enough projects that like where there has been some need for like remuneration or something. Like remember when you got the stickers and the stickers were stickers. bad and then you lost all the money by like having yeah. to ship better stickers. Right. Yep. What that says to me is like if something fucks up with these NFTs, I'm going to be made whole. Right. Yeah. We'll, you know? we'll do what we can when we're not. Yeah, exactly. And my name's attached to it. Um, but I'm also not looking to like drag my name through the mud as like an NFT bro, which is a big risk. Yeah. You know? well, Cause I, I mean, also don't, I'm not an NFT bro. I own one NFT. Well, you're like, shockingly greedy. And that's something that we, we all know about you. Right. <laughs> right. And, so that lines up perfectly. Yeah, right. And you're here, you're always in for a scam. Mm-hmm. That's something. A get rich well quick done. scheme. Get rich quick scheme of all of any type. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um yep. yeah, sure. I mean, I don't care. I don't think it's like give it a shot. Like who's who's gonna be mad at you? I don't know. I just people who are like mad at the NFT yeah, concept like, and the NFT like, like world people in who general. are mad at LiveWire. Like no, whatever not. you do, whatever you do, there's someone gonna be mad about it. Yeah, it's true. I guess I don't want to be branded as somebody who's like sold to sold nfts you know because there is that vibe of people who sell their sold nfts yeah I'm but not like those any people shade are on scumbags cool and it's like very easy to identify the scumbags well miguel's not a scumbag and no he's, he's not he's that's what i'm on. saying but like he but the thing with miguel and like he even said this in our chat is like miguel doesn't fuck with speculation at all like he doesn't he doesn't do yeah. any of that stuff right you yeah. know he's just like hacking he just likes to hack yep you know yeah. Versus like every time I talk to Miguel on Twitter, which happens a lot now because I just like interact with his NFT tweets and just yep. be like, nah, it's not real. Oh my gosh, Dan, you're such a pest. <laughs> a pest. Um, but anytime I interact dangling. with Miguel on Twitter, there's like 60 fucking bots in the comments being like, hey, check out this mushroom NFT. The floor is like this. And like oh, we've know. only had one cell below floor and blah, 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 blah. blah. Like, or below yeah. mint. We've had one cell below mint, uh, but 2,000 have been issued and the floor is this. And like, it's only going up. Get in now. I'm yep. like, yo, this guy, I would be totally fine to put him in stocks and throw tomatoes at him. You know, <laughs> like, fuck this guy. Yeah. Anyway. It's tough because we, well, that's the thing is like, I, I feel like, like on our project, we just did a giveaway and we were like, you know, alarm signals, like a giveaway, like we're good. But like, that's straight up legit. Like I, we literally just decided to do this to grow the project and we each kicked in $200 each like that mm-hmm. night, did the giveaway, gave it away legitimately. Oh, we want to give it away. And, you know, you put it in this, this like program, one of those online things that like does giveaways and decides who wins mm-hmm. uh, replies to the tweet, you know, the program decides, gives us the username of the, the person. 
So we announced the the winner, you know, before actually giving them the NFT because they have to send us their wallet address, you know? Mm-hmm. So that there's an underscore in this person's name, mm-hmm. right? They have a username with a single underscore. Somebody replies and goes, so seemingly the person who won it replies and goes, ooh, 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 awesome, whatever. Like, uh, you know, here's my wallet address. No. Yeah. So, so we go to like, we put in the wallet address, we go to send it. And then one of us is like, like, like DM us your wallet address or something. Instead, I don't remember the details because I didn't like our media, our marketing guy like interacted. Yeah. And and the guy's like, oh no no no, I'll just post it here. Like I can't, I don't want to DM you, whatever. Which I think was the flag. So he created. So then they checked the account and it was it's like zero followers, just created that day. And he has the same name with two underscores and the same avatar Yo. and everything. Dude, these people are hunting hard. There are so many bad actors all over the place with crypto. It's insane. We were That's so close so to giving crazy. away a $650 NFT to, a to just a scammer. And we just dodged it by like the skin of our teeth. That's we're insane. Like, oh my Caleb. gosh. Isn't that crazy? Oh my God. But that's the thing is like on the surface, we're just like hyped up, you know, crypto NFT dudes like that. That's the voice in the back of my head. But in reality, it's like we're working on a project. We're putting a lot of work into it. We've got nothing out of it. We've already invested a ton of time and a ton of money. And like when we grow, we do it honestly, you know? Sure. This is my internal conversation, Daniel. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh you know what you could do instead of all that is just make a Twitter bot and just start fucking getting in, getting in my replies, you know? That's the way to do it. Clearly, replies to my tweets are valuable real estate is what I'm seeing. <laughs> That's the message. Yeah. Matt Stauffer went um, public with his NFT project. Like, uh-huh. like saying that like he's behind it, you know? Um, did you see that? Mm-mm. So he's got soul kicks. And he's okay. working on it. It's a pretty dope project. The art's pretty Sneakers, awesome. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You haven't seen him at all? I think I've seen him. Okay. I didn't realize it was Matt. Anyway. Um, yeah, he did say publicly that it's him. Right? Okay. Caleb? <laughs> I, no, I, I don't know. I'm almost positive he did. I think his NFT Twitter account that's like dedicated NFT stuff says, it's like Big Moon Energy and then parentheses, I'm Matt Stauffer. Okay, gotcha. Can you confirm? I'm looking. Before I have to edit this part out of the show. <laughs> Is it Soul Kicks? Soul Kicks. Soul Kicks. Building in public. Is it Kicks on Soul? Yeah, this is it. I don't see something about Mount Stauffer. Let's go see if Matt's Twitter has it. <laughs> if I search big, so big moon energy parentheses, if you search big moon energy, that's Matt. And it's uh big moon energy parentheses, Matt Stauffer. He's come out and said this, like, I really feel like I'm not doing him a disservice here, giving him away, but. Um, big moon energy. Dude, yeah. why is my internet so bad? Um. Yeah, no, he's he's talking about it. I hope I'm not giving anything yeah, away. I'm no, not no, he's to like... talking about it. He's talking about it. All right, I'm I trying not to trounce on 
Mr. Stauffer, but um, but they did a pretty cool thing where they created these bo- these shoe boxes, these images of shoe boxes, and then they reached out to a bunch of like you know NFT somewhat popular Twitter people, mm-hmm. and were just like just DM'd a ton of them like hey we got a gift for you send us your wallet address and a few you know hit back with their wallet address and then they just airdropped them like sneaker boxes you know mm-hmm. um, so anyway just like it's fun to do a project from scratch with ze- start from something from zero followers and see what it takes to build something from the ground up yeah and it's hard it's like back to square one for something and just yeah. like what can we try what are things we can do to stand out what are things we what are like interesting marketing techniques that aren't spammy that aren't douchebaggy um but are effective you know yeah and so that was one we saw and we're like oh interesting like maybe because people why are you not doing all of your traditional marketing techniques do you have a mailing list are you doing right so i don't a lot of that stuff isn't standard in the nft space right no but like it we we you should do it anyway i don't think so you don't think so no, like originally, like when I sort of came to the table with this, like these meetings and stuff, I joined the project because I didn't have to do any marketing and I didn't yeah. have to use my Twitter. That was like a condition of mine. It's like, I'm not joining this. You're not getting Caleb Porzio on Twitter or Caleb Porzio publicly at all. Yeah. You're getting the guy who like can build stuff. Mm-hmm. What do you got? What are you seeing? Are you just laughing at me? Yes. Because, that, what? because then you immediately went public with it. Right. Because then I was excited about it and I'm like, hey, check it out. Um, but so that that was a condition and but so of course like i have a ton of opinions on like marketing things and building projects and building like a following on a project and so i start like interjecting these opinions and realizing that they're foreign to nft people like like a man and then i immediately start to feel like the old geezer from web 2 who's like this is how you market a project you do what nathan barry did Mm -hmm. you know and they're like what like you know, that's not the language of the email address. That's so web two, you know, yeah. how about wallet address for a whitelist? Like that's web three. Um, yeah. Anyway, stuff like that. It's like, hmm. there's kind of a formula in the space, you know, hmm. it's funnel people into a discord. That's huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's get the, it's get the Twitter and discord going. And then it's, um, it's like do giveaways, do partnerships, uh, just do a bunch of goodwill stuff to to entice people to care about your project and join up your Discord. And then it's like hang out with people in Discord and build a community and like inside jokes and, and uh, you know, emojis and have like a little space where people can come and say GM and GN uh, mm-hmm. and just like talk to each other and BS and keep building that and then get people hyped about your stuff. Um, and then, yeah, and then do like, you know, you have a roadmap. I didn't know how much this mattered. But like, it's all about the roadmap. Mm-hmm. Everybody's like, check out this product. They're like, oh, it's a pretty cool roadmap. Or like, oh, I don't like the roadmap. Or they don't have a roadmap. You know, yeah. that's the thing that matters a ton. And I thought like, it's like a footnote. I don't know. I just didn't think it mattered that much. Yeah. But it's like everything Makes to sense. these people is yeah. a roadmap. It's all and about that roadmap could be a ULLI list. Yeah. Like unstyled on the site. And they don't seem to see the difference. It's just like, the content of the roadmap is what matters, you yeah, know, yeah. which is kind of pure in a sense. There is a sense of purity where it's like they're not in it clearly like you don't have to be an expert designer to do one of these projects. The infrastructure doesn't have to be like expert level. You don't have to hit all the marketing things right. There's it's all that stuff. It's not like that. Hmm. I don't know. It's like entice people by providing them value and giving them exclusivity for being early adopters. That's a huge yeah. part of it. I still don't 
um, I still don't fully believe that there's not enough old Web2 geezers floating around interested in NFTs that you couldn't just pull some of those people. Like, you know I know, what I'm and I think I could, like, but I don't think about, want like, to. Because that would require me, like, giving myself away to this project. And I'm giving myself away to Alpine. No, 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 I'm not even saying that. I'm saying, like, even if you didn't do it, like, publicly as Caleb Porzio, yeah. I would imagine there's enough staffers and me and landsmen and people of, like, our generation of developer. Yeah. I know I just made myself a little bit older than I am, but, like, I'm an old man. Um, <laughs> we, but, actually, like... <laughs> This is this this is the shift, Daniel. We're of a new generation. We're of the older generation as of like this year. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. It's funny, but like I th- I think there's enough people like me or Stauffer or Landsman who are like following NFT Twitter that yeah. like old school marketing techniques would still work on those people. So I feel like if you just did both, like you're funneling the Discord on the one hand, but you're also building an email list. Like, what's the harm? Right. There is not necessarily a harm. I guess it's that you're fracturing your marketing, you know? Yeah. And like, uh, you know, I mean, yeah, casting a wide net. But I mean, we talked, we had this exact conversation and just decided that like, do what is like, enter the space and do what is normal in the space. Yeah. You yeah. know? Fair enough. Whatever. Um, because I really feel like <laughs> so much of my advice is bad because I don't understand Web3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I don't understand the culture. So I feel like a lot of my moves would label our project as like a web two guy trying to do NFTs, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't want that. I want the guy who, what the marketing guy we have, he's like obsessed with NFTs and has been obsessed forever. He's like fully in on everything. He owns like every popular NFT. He's like an NFT, uh, you know, he's rolling down the street in a Rolls Royce with his NFTs, you know? Yeah, Yeah. Um, and he gets it. And so I just like defer to him. And like you be the guy who brands this thing and sets the tone, you know, but it's so hard for me to hold back my own thoughts and opinions, you know? Yeah. But then I'll interject them and then they'll think they're good ideas. And then I'm like, oh, I think I may have poisoned the waterhole. Yeah. You know, I don't know, man. It's interesting. Because a lot of it doesn't make sense. So much of it is like, what? Why would people think this is cool? <laughs> but people do. There's a, there's a level of degenerateness that like, I don't really inject in my projects. Yeah. I try to make my projects clean and like... I'm, it's so annoying, sparkly. dude, because I've been putting degen shit all over my personal brand for the past. I know, dude. You're the... Like, NFT. If you look at my personal brand, my personal brand is... I have like... 100%, Daniel. Multiple colorful cartoony avatars. I... Uh, yeah, Dude, I'm like a degen. I like I'm loud and annoying, yes. and I have like controversial opinions, and like I'll just quit a job for no reason. Like I'm just you know like I'm I'm out here like cowboying, but then I just it just so happens that all the people who have that same energy are also like obsessed with NFTs, and I kind of think I that know. they're a scam. I don't know. Yeah. Well, the thing is, maybe they are a scam. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, parts of them definitely are. Here's the question. The question to me, and the big question, is like, always, and this is such a, I feel like such an old man here. I feel like I'm lecturing kids. And I am. But um, (laughs) I'm going to own it. I'm an old man. I'm lecturing kids. But like, the question that I have on all of this stuff is like, who 
does this serve? Like, is this ultimately going to be a liberating and democratizing technology? Or is this going to be subsumed into the greater oppressive ecosystem, you know? And like, so far, it seems like the people who always win are still going to win, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, and I, I really want to see the NFT projects that are like really democratized and, but like, there's an amount of like philosophical forethought that like the amount of energy people are putting into their roadmaps, I feel like they're not putting into their, uh, political strategy i guess and like this is a political space like the nfts are like inherently political and like but like like every tech project like if you're not explicit about the politics then the politics is libertarian tech bro politics you know Mm -hmm. and like that's kind of where i'm at with it is just like man like i wish i could get in there and like build a project that was like truly uh revolutionary in the classic sense of the word not in the like cool marketing words sense of the word but like it it does feel like the the direction it's going is just towards like libertarian tech bro stuff like bitcoin did like everything did because all of those projects bitcoin was like a political revolutionary project early on like every cool anarcho-communist i knew was heavy into bitcoin early on you know yeah and uh but like all things bitcoin became subsumed by libertarian tech bros yeah so (laughs) that's a that's a pessimist there's a cynical outlook to have daniel i mean yeah i mean i mean i'm a little bit of a cynic um but I guess what I'm saying is like, like why doesn't that I motivate would, you to? Well, I would because impact I'm, t- I just, the, I'm just so tired of being the only one who gives a shit. <laughs> you know what I'm well, saying? Well, the thing is, is like in the in the NFT space, you're not. Yeah, I well, that's what I'm saying is like, show me that community and I'll go join them. You know, I just can't find them. All I can find is people who are just like Pumping talking money. about money. It's all money. That is the the um the bit of filth that that i that is like a thin layer on this whole thing is especially people who people who are like i just love this community so much you know all this stuff like and there's some legitimacy in that but a lot of it's like that happens with projects that are worth a lot of money yeah and And it happens with mary Kay and avon and yeah right yeah you know exactly all those things yeah I just love my uh, my family that I've gotten by the selling Lululemon leg or uh, Lularoe leggings, you know. Right. Oh yeah. No, I mean it's totally Amway in in the sense of like of this uh, like um, what's the word for what's Joel Olstein like? Uh, what kind of prosperity gospel? Prosperity gospel. Like it, it rings of that in a sense. Like like oh if, you know if the money is flowing like that just that's just good vibes. Like it's just yeah. like. Uh-huh you know it's divine providence shit. that like we're you know yeah. this is oh the these people are my family like you know all this stuff yeah. and that's like well actually man- it's just there's just a lot of money manifest manifest making a lot of money bro why are you not manifesting abundance right now yeah so but it's hard to say is like is our project like necessarily an activist project definitely not like we just yeah. want to make something cool 
and explore the tech. I would love to work on a Web3 activist project. Like if you're out there listening to this and you like share my politics, like I know that there are people who listen to the show who share my politics. Y'all hit me up all the time. Um, Like if y'all know of Web3 projects run by people with my politics that have some sort of inherently uh, liberty in like a non-libertarian sense based <laughs> uh based approach like yeah. i'm so interested in that because like i really do think that like decentralization and like freeing people from corporations and governments which is like what a lot of these projects are trying to do are like good goals and ends you know yeah. but it's like freeing them into what you know like you have to have that if you don't answer that question then the answer is like into a libertarian hell world where whoever has the private keys wins you know <laughs> like yeah. and so like i i just want like i want to sit around with people who care about the same things i care about and try and find technological solutions to those problems i don't really yeah. give that much of a shit about like get rich quick schemes like i'm gonna be fine i'm gonna eat you know uh, but like Struggle i want that, i want to yeah, be yeah. excited about this stuff you know yep yeah i mean you're allowed to be especially if you're not like if you're not profiting off of other people you know yeah you're allowed and even like um you know i suppose like doing a mint it's kind of interesting like doing a mint we are profiting off people but like they're paying us like and the mints are are usually like pretty low per person you know yeah like you might pay like a hundred bucks for something. Um, and what is that thing you're getting? I mean, what we're promising you is cool art that we put time into and, and a community and functionality, like doing something fun. Like we're going to be, and if I ever like pitched to you the pothead project, do um, you know, no, like, here's what I know about it. Right. So it's like you're, you yeah. mint these potheads. It's just a yep. pot. And then they grow weed in them over time. <laughs> They're not even weed necessarily. Like, we're going to do a weed plant because we have to. Yeah. But so the idea is, yeah, like you have the pots and they're cool in themselves. Like they have their own rarity. They have their own personality and you can like identify with them, you know, yourself. Like when you're shopping the floor, you could be like, oh, like I'm the guy with the pipe and mm -hmm. the 3D glasses or something. Um, but then we'll airdrop you a snack, which will be like, you know, because presumably they have the munchies. Mm -hmm. So we wrote like we did like a whole lore but bit. But it's not weed. <laughs> Let me read. I'm just going to read to you the lore bit read if I lore. have it quick. Um, I just like wrote it up in bare notes. Oh, dude, my laptop's doing that thing. Hold on one sec before this all goes to garbage. Let's see if I can just plug this in and if it doesn't like explode. Hey, so folks, um, it actually did all go to garbage. We recorded like a half an hour more, pro almost an hour of like gold mine content. Best we've ever done and uh and it's all not there so bummer sorry about that um i have a stupid laptop dock but um i'm just gonna call it a cue the outro music right about scoot tootin now